All right. Hello, listeners, and welcome to PWGC's Environmental Echo. I am your host of this podcast, Paul Boyce, the CEO and president of uh, PW Grocer Consulting. And today, as always, we're bringing you guys another outstanding and interesting guest uh, that's, you know, right here from Long Island with some of the hot topics that we're going to cover are usually, uh, you know, related to the environment and, and energy and, and those sort of things. And boy, have we brought a good topic and a, and a good speaker today, too. That would be Carrie Meek Gallagher. Um, I just want to welcome her to the show. But before we get started, I just also want to mention best way to get a hold of us. If, if there's any listeners or viewers out there that want to reach us, that would be through our website. That's www.pwgrocer.com backslash podcast. If you guys have questions, thoughts, ideas you want to share with us uh, or potential topics or speakers, feel free to reach out. We've got a great marketing department and they'll get right back to you. So we appreciate that. So on with the show today. Uh, I want to welcome Carrie Meek Gallagher to the Environmental Echo. Uh, she is our guest and she is currently the uh, director of the Long Island office of the New York State Department of Public Service which if our listeners don't know, we're going to tell you what that means and what, what they do. Um, and it's important, you know, so pay attention. Um, as I said, she's the director of that, which we can call DPS, but Department of Public Service. And they are charged with ensuring access to safe and reliable utility services for, for all New Yorkers. All right. Uh, these utilities include electric, steam, gas, telecommunications, and something that's near and dear to my heart, water, of course, uh, all while protecting the environment. And that is no small task, especially here on Long Island. As we know, you know, it's, we got a lovely population here, you know, some, some pockets, it's pretty dense. Some pockets, it gets a little less, a uh, little less than suburban in some areas, but it's all part of the game here. So, Carrie, you, uh, you came from your, 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 your current post after holding an impressive array of government positions, and I've met you over the years in, uh, in some of these roles, uh, and these have included serving as a acting deputy secretary to the governor for energy environment, uh, the region one director of New York State's Department of Environmental Conservation, chief sustainability officer for the Suffolk County Water Authority, and commissioner of Suffolk County's Department of Environment and Energy, uh, just to name a few, you yeah. know, quite impre- impressive we're glad to have you here today. So, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. It's great to see you again, and I'm glad that you've been uh, doing this podcast. I was able to catch a few episodes, and I'm very impressed with the topics that are being covered. So, um, I feel honored to, to be one of your guests. Uh, well, we're honored to have you, for sure. So, let's let's just get started and get right into what we want to hear from you about. Um, you know our company a little bit, PWGC. We do focus, uh, one of our main focuses is on improving the environment through engineering. You know, it's, it's near and dear to our heart. Uh, what can you tell our viewers about the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act of 2019 and its implications for Long Island? Sure, Paul. I think it's really important. So this is also known or referred to sometimes as the Climate Act. And essentially, the best way to think about it is how are we going to go from where we are today in terms of our energy mix in New York State to being completely fossil free by 2050? So it's a pretty whole scale you know, change in where we are to where we're going to be. And if you think about it, it's end of 2023. So we're really only 27 years away from, uh, from hitting that goal. Um, So there are some targets in between, you know, some interim steps, 2025, right around the corner is one of those. Um, And some of the goals there are fairly um, well, I'd say fairly simple relative to large scale, but, you know, having six gigawatts of solar. Yeah. Um, having a 1,500 megawatts of storage. So that could be battery storage, but any type of energy storage, because obviously you can't have renewables without also having storage. Um, and then in terms of en- energy efficiency and energy savings, getting to $185 trillion 
British thermal units, which is a lot. I know it's hard. Like we, <laughs> it's hard for us to contemplate, but that's just how things are are you know measured. Um, but I think even bigger than by 2030, and I know we're going to get into some of this, but yeah. then you jump from six gigawatts of solar to having 10 gigawatts of solar installed in New York State to getting 70% of our energy fully from renewables um, to 40% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions from the 1990 levels. And, and I know this is going to be near and dear to your heart with some of the work you guys do, but having um, 1 million electric homes plus mm-hmm. 1 million electric ready homes. So the whole idea is how do you get to fossil free is you electrify, right? Cause that's how you can get off natural gas and, and oil. Um, and then in between 2035, we get to nine gigawatts of offshore wind, hundred percent light duty electric vehicles. So this is another big changeover because if you look at it, buildings and transportation are the two areas that, um, I, the most I, I think of all so. of this, that's <laughs> probably going to be the most difficult from the public standpoint, you know, and I've yeah. mentioned it on this podcast before, I've got a great big jacked up truck and I love it, you know, and yeah, I can see it being electric someday, but right now I'm like, I love the way it roars and rumbles down the road and everything else. And, um, it handles great. And, you know, a lot of my friends are just like that too. There's no way I'll never go EV, you know, that sort of thing. Um, how do you handle that perception? You know, and I'm all for it. I really am. But right now I just bought this truck back in March. It's December now. Okay. So it's like, I'm holding on to this thing. I hope for like six, seven, eight years, whatever it's going to be. Right. Yeah. And 2035 is the changeover year in New York State. After that date, you won't be able to purchase a vehicle that isn't electric in New York State. Um, at least that's, you know, that's the legislation, that's the, the target. And the governor has been a really admirable leader um, in this, in the face of everything going on in the world world economy and the global situation, um, certainly. But I would say it's piecemeal. Although Long Island, and I think one of your other, I think this was just on one of your recent podcasts too, Chris Kelly had quoted yep, it, right? Yep. So Long Island's actually been an early adopter of electric vehicles, just like we have been with solar. So I think it's twofold. One is you need to have the right mix of incentives for folks. Um, and actually this year coming up for 2024, um, PSCG Long Island will once again be offering charger rebates. So if you need, if you get an electric vehicle and you want to have a charger at your home, a residential electric vehicle charger, there's now a rebate higher for low to moderate income. But so that's one way, right? So let's, yeah. let's have some incentives. Right now there are great incentives from the federal government, the state government, and then your local utilities. It's also then having the charging infrastructure available. You're, you're so, reading my mind. Yeah. yeah that's, that was my next question. What are we doing about that? Yeah. So there's a huge investment in New York state and actually the, by the federal government, but New York state has really been leading the way. Um, we have a program called EV make ready. So electric vehicle make ready. So tons of money going into making sure that there is in fact that charging infrastructure all across the state, especially on major roadways. Um, and then the, I think the other piece we have to figure out is not just the major roadways, but how do you do it in major kind of like shopping centers or places where folks could plug in while they're doing errands. Yeah, yeah of course. Right? Yeah. Um, Cause you want to get to the point where charging your vehicle is as simple as stopping for gas. You don't well, want to, yeah. <laughs> you hit it. Like the people I've spoken to friends, family, they're all like, well, it's, it's not just that it's, it's how fast to charge, how long it holds the charge, how far it can go. Um, it, they can be temperature sensitive too, to heat and cold, to, to, you know, to the life of the battery. And then what do you do with the batteries when it's done? I maybe, maybe the car only gets a hundred thousand miles on it as opposed to my truck engine, which may get two hundred plus if I'm lucky, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. And so right now the infrastructure they've been focusing on has been a lot for like passenger vehicles, light duty. What we're also investing in in New York state is plans and, um, 
research and development essentially for medium duty and also for fleets All because right. that's going to be how you get people to believe that you can have your big trucks be electric <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so i have to say my kids so we have to plug in hybrid evs so we're in the you know because i still have to drive them back and forth to college and stuff we needed the range yeah um and infrastructure is not always there but they love and my husband has become a convert too they love driving the evs because they're so much smoother the pickup is great um you know all the features are great so they've really just experiencing it i think that's just another factor if people experience have a good experience driving ev or a friend's ev um they become a convert i mean uh, you mentioned the funny thing is uh, the hybrid you know the first time i drove one of those it was a rental car i think it was in albuquerque new mexico i'm leaving the airport i get in the car turn it on. I don't hear anything, you know, and I didn't realize they had given me a hybrid. So I'm doing it like three, four times. I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? Is this car defective? And then I see it says hybrid. I said, okay. So I start to go and the thing goes and it, like you just said, it was amazing. It was the funniest thing. I was, I was frustrated at first, but I agree with the, the smoothness of the ride, the acceleration, the deceleration. It's okay. uh, it really I don't want to say it's an upgrade over my truck, but it really was <laughs> nice. And I, you know, I think I could get used to it pretty quick. Yeah. And they are getting better with larger vehicles. Not, I, I haven't, um, I can't speak to the trucks per se yet, but I do know that a lot of the automakers with uh, larger, you know, SUVs, yeah. um, they're getting a lot better with the, the optionality for EVs as well. And well, um, when we're seeing it, you know, the Ford Lightning is coming out and Chevy and, and, and the Ram, everybody's, you know, getting into the game. And, uh, you know, that's still probably the top three selling vehicles in the United States, you know, like the F-150, the Silverado, and, and the Ram 1500, you know. And so it's, if we can get that market squared away and, you know, make me a convert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be in good shape, I think. Yes. At least on our way to be in good shape. Yes, yes. And, you know, this is going to take a while, right? It's not an yeah. overnight transition. So back to Long Island, you know. Yeah. We mentioned that, that what you called the Climate Act. What are the real implications for, you know, this pile of sand we all live on here in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah. So I'd say there's a couple of key implications. One, of course, why are we doing this? It's for resiliency, right? Big picture. So if you live on a place looking on, I mean, just this weekend, we experienced it again, right? We get battered by these storms, there's erosion. So obviously transitioning to fossil free is going to help us uh, be more resilient. Part of that is like Long Island um, has, is actually doing really well in terms of transitioning to the clean energy future and meeting those targets. So like those 2025 targets, we've already exceeded our solar target for Long Island. Um, you know, we're, we're at 137% of the target. We've already installed <laughs> over a thousand megawatts of, of solar on the island. So we're doing really well yeah. there. Heat pumps, which I know is near and dear to your oh, heart. Yeah. So that's been a reoccurring theme on the podcast here. Yeah, but we're doing now a lot of these are air source heat pumps instead of geothermal, just because, again, there's, as you know, there's lots of logistical and mm-hmm. operational factors that go into it. But 91% of the target's been met. So the goal was 30,000 installs by 2025, and we've already got over 27,000 heat oh, wow. pumps installed on Long Island. Um, and that's, you know, accounting for both parts. Energy efficiency, we're at 67% of our target being met. So that's how much we're saving. Um, electric vehicles, we're a little, we're, it's a little tougher. Although we have been an early adopter, they gave us, I think, a fairly large target based on vehicle registration. So we we're supposed to have 178,000 EVs. We're at 45,000, which I still think is, yeah, pretty good to be at 45,000 already. <laughs> I feel like, you know, 178,000 by 2025 might be a little, a little tough. Um, a little ambitious, huh? A little ambitious. Um, energy storage, we're a little short of, we're 15, only 15% of the target. But again, energy storage, you really need 
big. And so that's not something that the average person that's, can contribute to. Yeah, yeah. And this wasn't on my list of questions for you, but you brought up a great topic. Um, I see it in the paper all the time. These, these battery facilities that, you know, storage facilities that, you know, it's too close to a school. It's too close to this. I don't want it here. They're not in my backyard. Um, do you see that really being an obstacle to overcoming some of these storage issues, you know, with people and, you know, maybe not fully understanding them or being afraid of them or, or, you know, how the general public perceives these things. Yeah, that is definitely one of the challenges. And it is like with every new technology, um, and this is something where, frankly, engineers can be helpful, right? Because um, we, we need to help alleviate those concerns. These are that they are safe. But um, anyone who saw the cover of Newsday today, of course, the story was that there's all this energy storage being proposed and communities are upset and Southfield and Southampton have moratoriums. And how are we going to overcome that in order to reach these goals? Because, again, you can't have 100 percent renewable energy powering your grid if you don't also have storage because renewables work intermittently. So you need the storage for when they're for the, for when they're not being generated. So I think there is going to be, um, you know, and the, and the governor's taking a leadership role on this again, but trying to get out in front in terms of what's the messaging and how do we work together and how do we engage the stakeholders and um, how do we help overcome those concerns? Certainly after the recent, I'll say recent, but in the past year, there were, there were a couple of fires throughout the state energy sources and she pulled together a task force to look at that and try to figure out how we can ensure safety. And is for these is everything still like that lithium ion type of battery for storage or are we looking into alternatives that maybe, you know, less prone to fires or easier to put out if a fire starts or anything like that? Yes, they are. There is research into alternatives. And um, again, bringing it back to Long Island, we have two facilities here that I know of at least that are looking into um, battery storage or energy storage and uh, clean energy. So you've got um, Brookhaven National Lab, oh, yeah. which has a huge, you know, I mean, I mean, they're all about energy, right? They're a Department of Energy facility. So they're definitely looking into all types of uh, um, alternatives, but including in, you know, battery storage. And then you have the Advanced Energy Research and Technology Center at Stony Brook University, right? Yeah, of course. So between those two, who then work with a whole bunch of, uh, both of them work with a bunch of other institutions and private sector, and they're out looking into how do we take, how do we come up with new ideas that are safer, that are better, that are more efficient, and commercialize them. So. Uh, yeah. Well, at least we're looking into it if we're not on our way, you know, that's, the first step and I, it would certainly help because like I've seen a lot of opposition, you know, and I just wish the public would understand maybe a little bit better and maybe not be so fearful, but um, you know, they, and there are things to overcome as you know, fires, you know, right. When a car battery goes on fire. It's not like putting out a gasoline engine fire. The fire department has to know what they're dealing with and it takes a lot more water and things like that. So it's, you know, there, there is some understandable issues there that, that need to be overcome. All right, folks, thanks for listening. This is the environmental echo. I'm your host, Paul Boyce, CEO and president of PW Grocer. I want to thank you for listening. This is the first part of a two part podcast series with Carrie Meek Gallagher, the Director of the Department of Services here on Long Island. And we were covering topics of the environment and energy. And we'll be picking that up where we left off with her on the next episode.